Thanks for tuning in to MANA, a short daily meditation to feed hungry souls with God's Word. These episodes were prepared by ordained ministers for a radio broadcast called Voice of the Church and are now republished by the Reformed Perspective Foundation, a Canadian charity that applies biblical truth to the issues of our time. Here's today's serving. Good day, everyone. I'm glad that you came back for our last message of this four-part series on what is church and why we go to church. Today, we end the series. We started out this month asking the question, why are there so many different churches out there? Why does Christianity seem so divided? We heard that this was because humans place their own desires above the pursuit of Jesus Christ. We can be terribly misguided when we look for the wisdom or power of this world rather than trusting in the wisdom and power of God. The wisdom and power of God is Jesus Christ's death on the cross. We trust in Him alone. In order for us to see and understand this, we saw that God must reveal Himself to us. We must have a spiritual rebirth where we are filled with God's Spirit, the mind of Christ forgiven, and filled with power from God to do the right thing. God's Holy Spirit enables us to see the wisdom and power of God revealed in Jesus Christ. Today we ask the question, what do we do with all the variety that we see? To close this month of April, I want us to see three things using 1 Corinthians 3, 1 through 17 as our guide. Let's read that together. Brothers, I could not address you as spiritual, but as worldly, mere infants in Christ. I gave you milk, not solid food, for you were not ready for it. Indeed, you are still not ready. You are still worldly, for since there is jealousy and quarreling among you, are you not worldly? Are you not acting like mere men? For when one says, I follow Paul, and another, I follow Apollos, are you not mere men? What, after all, is Apollos? And what is Paul? Only servants, through whom you came to believe, as the Lord has assigned to each his task. I planted the seed, Apollos watered it, but God made it grow. So neither he who plants nor he who waters is anything, but only God who makes things grow. The man who plants and the man who waters have one purpose, and each will be rewarded according to his own labor. For we are God's fellow workers, you are God's field, God's building. By the grace God has given me, I laid a foundation as an expert builder, and someone else is building on it. But each one should be careful how he builds. For no one can lay any foundation other than the one already laid, which is Jesus Christ. If any man builds on this foundation using gold, silver, costly stones, wood, hay, or straw, His work will be shown for what it is, because the day will bring it to light. It will be revealed with fire, and the fire will test the quality of each man's work. If what he has built survives, he will receive his reward. If it is burned up, he will suffer loss. He himself will be saved, but only as one escaping through the flames. Don't you know that you yourselves are God's temple, and that God's Spirit lives in you? If anyone destroys God's temple, God will destroy him, for God is sacred, and you are that temple. 
Do not deceive yourselves. If any one of you thinks he is wise by the standards of this age, he should become a fool, so that he may become wise. For the wisdom of this world is the foolishness in God's sight. As it is written, he catches the wise in their craftiness. And again, the Lord knows that the thoughts of the wise are futile. So then, no more boasting about men. All things are yours, whether Paul or Apollos or Cephas, or the world or life or death, or the present or the future, all are yours. And you are of Christ, and Christ is of God. First, in this passage we must appreciate the diversity in God's kingdom. People are different, and do their work differently. Paul compares himself with Apollos here, another preacher of his day. He says, let's imagine a, a field, a farming field. There is so much that needs to be done before you can reap a harvest. Plowing, planting, watering, finally harvesting. Paul wrote, I planted the seed, Apollos watered it. A few verses later, he uses the illustration of a building where there are again two different types of workers. I laid a foundation as an expert builder, and someone else is building on it. Think about it. How foolish would a person be to prefer one farm worker over another, or one type of builder over the other? As much as you love planting season, you can't harvest a crop with only planters. As much as you love electricians, you can't build a home with only electricians. Paul teaches us that the focus shouldn't be on the workers, but on the work. The important thing isn't which talents, gifts, or personality you prefer. What matters is that they are doing the work of God. This means, when attending church, when listening to God's word being preached, your first question should not be, do I like this pastor? Does he seem smart, eloquent, is he likable? No. Your first question is this. Is the word of God and is God's work through Jesus Christ being preached and practiced? Such preaching teaches you to deny yourself and humbly follow Jesus Christ. Dear friends, don't miss this point, the point that we make in this message, but also the point that came through in our first message. Because if you do, you are in danger of basing your faith and church life on your own preferences and desires rather than seeking God to work in you. Because what, after all, is the pastor? They are only servants, servants appointed by the Lord Jesus Christ to do his work. Secondly, we have to appreciate diversity in workers, and it teaches us to acknowledge God's one purpose. Both times when Paul compares his work to another faithful preacher, he notes that God is the one at work. He says, Neither he who plants nor he who waters is anything, but only God who makes things grow. And later, no one can lay a foundation other than the one already laid, which is Jesus Christ. Farmers all have to work together to produce one crop. Builders all have to work together to make one building. So also, the work of the church is united in one purpose, united in one person, Jesus Christ. Like many stones are laid together to build one temple, so God, in Jesus Christ, is uniting many people together into one community. As Paul writes, Don't you know that you yourselves are God's temple 
and that God's Spirit lives within you. How is this possible? Unity is created by God because the same Spirit lives in each person, the mind of Christ. Instead of different ideas, pursuing different desires, we are of one mind because the Spirit that lives within us gives us the mind of Christ. Finally, recognizing these two points, appreciating the diversity in God's kingdom and appreciating diversity in workers to acknowledge God's one purpose, will help us appreciate that God's work is in fact brimming with resources far greater than we might think. Whereas, based on our own preferences, we go to a church we like, when we learn to look for God's work and word being proclaimed, we go to a church that God likes, a church that can really change us. God doesn't have to depend on the abilities, talents, and gifts of men, but instead he does use men according to his good purpose. Don't think you are wiser than God. Don't think you can find a better methodology than the plain yet powerful preaching of the cross of Jesus Christ. Dear friends, as Paul writes, do not deceive yourselves. If anyone of you thinks he is wise by the standards of this age, he should become a fool, so that he may become truly wise. For the wisdom of this world is foolishness in God's sight. Don't destroy the temple of God, beloved, because of your own preferences. Rather, pray and seek true unity that looks only to Jesus Christ. In Christ you will find abundant life and all you need to live that life. As Paul writes, all things are yours, whether Paul or Apollos or Cephas or the world or life or death or the present or the future, all are yours, and you are Christ, and Christ is of God. Here is the wonder of God. When we set aside our desires, stop our selective boasting, we will begin to see that God works everything and everyone for the good of those who love him. We don't need to throw all our eggs into ba one basket. We don't need to become depressed when our favorite pastor moves to another church. Rather, we can be excited, hopeful, waiting, and wondering what God has in store for us next. How will He grow His kingdom? Dear friends, as we conclude this month of April, let's remember, when thinking about the church, when finding a church, or when faithfully going to church, rather than trying to find what we want. Listen for Christ being preached in all His glory and majesty. Led by the Spirit, which enables us to see clearly, we gaze upon the person, preaching and look upon the power of the cross of Jesus Christ. It is only through Jesus Christ and His work that we will be transformed according to the true wisdom and real power of God. I pray that you might know that transforming power this day wherever you are at in life's journey. Thank you for joining us for these last four messages on 1 Corinthians and the church. I hope that you will return next week again to listen to the Word of God and Christ crucified.